0: Grab your Bibles, turn in the book of Ecclesiastes, if you would. Uh, we're headed into the book of James in about five weeks, and I'm really pumped up about that. But in the meantime, we're going to take a short detour through the book of Ecclesiastes I've been reading through the book of uh, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Psalms as part of my daily devotions uh, earlier this year. And I thought, man, there's so much good stuff in the book of Ecclesiastes. We're not going to have time to go verse by verse and preach through the entire book the way that we normally would. I just want to hit some high points as we cruise through this uh, uh, overview of the book of Ecclesiastes. If you've never read the whole book, I want to challenge you this week to read the whole book of Ecclesiastes. It's not very long. Uh, So much wisdom that's found there. Uh, that I know for sure will help you out. I've entitled tonight's message, The Value of Wisdom. Uh, so we'll find ourselves in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 tonight. We're going to start in um, verse number 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse number 12. I turn myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly, for what can the man do that cometh after the king, even that which hath already been done? Then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly, as far as light excelleth darkness. The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness, and I myself perceived also that one event happeneth to them all. Then I said in my heart, as it happeneth to the fool, so it happeneth even to me, and why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart that this is also vanity or meaninglessness. for There's no remembrance of the wise more than of the fool forever, seeing that which now is in days and shall all be forgotten and how dieth the wise man as the fool therefore i hated life because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me for all his vanity and vexation of spirit we talked about last week how uh, most scholars and we would believe that this book was written by solomon he claims to be the son of david uh, the king of israel if solomon is the author in which we have all reason to believe that he was, then he's also the wisest man to ever walk the planet aside from Jesus Christ himself. He's already poured out to us loads of wisdom. In the book of Proverbs, uh, and in the book of Ecclesiastes, we also find uh, his uh, viewpoint of life apart from, from God. It's meaningless, it's futile, uh, It has no purpose whatsoever. And so as he looks even at the idea of wisdom, if you have the wisest man to ever live providing a commentary on wisdom, uh, Solomon would be much of an expert in this case here. But he says, at the end of the li- our lives, how does the wise man die? He dies the same way that the fool dies. And he says, this is also vanity. This is also meaningless. That at the end of the day, we both die and we both die in the same way. Then what does all of this matter? I think the answer lies into the life that the wise man lives versus the life that the foolish man lives. So he's not saying here that there's no value in wisdom. Obviously, he sees that there's value in it. But at the end of our days, we'll all die. But what do we do with the wisdom that we have? In the meantime, we'll take a look at that tonight. It's important to understand what is meant by the word wisdom. Wisdom is the appropriate application of knowledge. Uh, Just because someone is really, really smart does not make them wise. Uh, Just because someone knows more about life than another person does not necessarily make them wise. I know a lot of people who have more life experience than I do. That does not necessarily mean that they're wiser. I know people who have uh, more education than I have, not necessarily wiser. I met a man um, probably about a year into to planning Hui I was t- uh, met a man out on the sidewalk who lives in one of the towers nearby. Uh, we began talking, and uh, he told me that I asked him what kind of work that he did. He said he was a, a therapist, but at the same time, he also owned a bar uh, here in our town. I said, well, that's an interesting mix. You know, you're a therapist by day and a bar owner by night. We kind of laughed about that and talked for a bit. And he asked where we were from. I said, well, we moved here a year or so ago from California. And he says, oh, I went to, uh, I did my uh, undergrad in, in California. And he told me the school that he'd gone to. And he says, uh, my master's degree, actually, I got from a uh, theological seminary. He told me which one. I thought, wow, that's impressive. I said, what was your master's degree in? He said, ancient biblical languages. <laughs> really? And so we began to talk about that, and he began to talk about uh, Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic and his areas of studies and things like that. And I realized the guy that I'm talking to has far more advanced knowledge of the languages of the Bible than I'll ever possess in my entire lifetime. And I asked him, so where do you attend church? He goes, oh, I don't go to church anywhere these days. I don't re- really see a lot of value in that. And I realized in that moment, this, this guy was far more educated than I was, but this guy had no wisdom. So just being really smart or maybe having a lot of degrees or uh, maybe some letters after your name that the world would find impressive does not necessarily mean that you are wise. Wisdom is primarily practical, not philosophical, one author said. It's not to be identified with reasoning power or the ability to apprehend intellectual problems. This is not just being smart. Uh, This is not being intellectual or being able to think through difficult tasks that come up. This is the ability to appropriately and practically put to use the knowledge that you have. For example, all of us know that fire is hot. If you were to stick your hand in a fire, you would be burned, all of us know that. So to take your hand and stick it into fire would not be wise. We would say that would be a foolish thing to do. And you say, well, of course I would never stick my hand in in fire, that would be foolish. And we would say, of course it would. So you wanna be wise, keep your hand out of fires, right? But by the same token, all of us in this room would know that something like pornography would be dangerous, detrimental, harmful, and sinful. Yet that doesn't stop some folks from partaking in pornography. Why? Because they're not wise, They have the knowledge that this is wrong, this is destructive, but they continue in the behavior because their behavior is foolish behavior. We know the Bible tells us there's pleasure in sin for a very brief season of time, but that pleasure doesn't last, yet people chase pleasure in sin because they are not wise, they are foolish. So it's not enough just to know what the right thing is. Wisdom is the actual application of the wise thing. Wisdom does not necessarily come with age. Sometimes people think that uh, the, the older that I get, the wiser I'll get. Only if you apply the knowledge that you learn along the way. I've known people in their early 20s that were incredibly, incredibly wise because they had learned a lot and they applied the wisdom that they had. I've known people in their 70s that were incredibly foolish who had taken everything that they had learned and gone against it and continued to live a foolish lifestyle. So it would be interesting for you sometime if you get the opportunity to read through the book of Proverbs, uh, all 31 chapters, and look up four types of people that the book of Proverbs talks about. It talks about the simple man. This is a person who just didn't know any better. They're ignorant. They're, they're, They're void of wisdom. They don't know. And the Bible says that the simple can be made wise by learning wisdom and applying wisdom book of Proverbs also talks about the fool. The fool is the person who knows what the right thing is but chooses to go against what the right thing is. And they would be considered foolish. They might even know what the wise choice to make is, yet they continue to choose the foolish choice. And the Bible tells what happens to them as well. The book of Proverbs is, is a masterclass on wisdom. The book of Proverbs talks about the scorner. The one who not only knows what it is and goes against it, but but they purposely rebel against it. With a terrible heart, with a terrible spirit, with a terrible attitude, they shake their fist in the face of wisdom. And the Bible talks about what happens with the scorner. And then the book of Proverbs again talks about the person that I want to be, the person that you want to be, the wise man, the wise man. What happens to the wise man the book of Proverbs is full of it. And you should take, it, take, take time sometime, and maybe you get like four different colored highlighters and you go through and you highlight the fool in one color and the scorner in another color and the wise man in another one and look at the, the, the correlations that there are there, really the contrast between their, their lives and the promises that are associated with the wise man and the foolish man. I was going through discipleship with some friends this past week and we came to the passage of scripture where Jesus asks those that he's talking to, why don't you call me Lord, Lord, but you do not the things that I say? The word Lord means master. Why would you call me a master if you're not gonna allow me to actually be your master and be the boss of things? And he says, the person who hears what I say and doesn't do it, I'm gonna tell you what he's like. And he says, there was a wise man who built his house upon the rock the wise man that he's talking to is is directly linked to the obedience. He says, you call me Lord, but you're not doing what I say. You're not being obedient to the commands that I've given you. So let me tell you what you're living like. And he contrasts the wise man versus the fool. We teach our kids this song, rain came down and the floods came up and stuff like that. But we forget the application. The wise man whose house stands firm, Jesus Christ himself said, is the guy who hears what I says and does it. And so... You and I should crave wisdom. You and I should become students of wisdom. You and I should become lovers of wisdom. And we need to constantly be seeking it out, constantly. I I never, ever, ever make a major choice in my life, ever under any circumstances whatsoever, without asking this question. What is the wise thing to do here? You've got to ask that question. What's wise here? Not what do I want. Not what's going to benefit me. What is the wise thing to do here? And sometimes you and I can get tripped up and we begin to, when in the decision-making process, we'll get out a sheet of paper and we'll write pros on one side and cons on the others. We'll try to see which column uh, fills up the quickest. That might not necessarily be wisdom. Do we need to know the pros and cons going into this? Maybe. But sometimes God wants you to step out on faith and sometimes the, the cons outweigh the pros. Hey, look, our family coming to Honolulu and planting a church here in the middle of the city. I guarantee you the pros did not outweigh the cons. I guarantee you the, it was stacked way against us. Our church family deciding to double our square footage by moving into this auditorium. I'm telling you, the pros versus the cons, it was just a no-brainer. There were more meeting space, one service on Sunday morning. The cons was a mile long. And so we can't always use that, but we do have to ask the question, is this wise? Is this the wise decision to make? And so I want you to seek after wisdom and, and that leads us to our first thought here tonight. Wisdom must be sought. Wisdom doesn't just fall in your lap. Wisdom just doesn't happen by accident. You have to choose to walk in wisdom. You have to choose to seek wisdom. If we take a look at verse number 12 here tonight, and he says, I turn myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. That word behold means to look at. I really wanted to stop and look and say what's wise here? <laughs> Madness. We would use the word crazy for that, right? I want to see what's wise, what's crazy, and what's foolish. And I wanted to stop and step back and look at this, you know. Mm, where can I find wisdom? So you and I have if we want to walk in wisdom, we need to first of all seek wisdom. Where do we find wisdom? Somebody help me with that. Anybody? The word as a Christian, we should say, first place I'm looking for wisdom is the Bible, guaranteed. What's another place that we can find wisdom that would, I'm gonna be careful in the way that I phrase this. Wisdom is found in the Bible. What are some other places we can find that would complement the wisdom that we find in God's word? So, what's that? Prayer, Prayer. absolutely. Uh, seeking God's face, no doubt about it. God, give me direction, give me discernment, give me wisdom, Good. And we took a look at this one, we took a look at prayer. And prayer is sometimes not asking God to change his heart, but asking God to change my heart. And sometimes I'm asking God through wisdom, hey, tell me what the wise thing is to do here, even if it's not what I want to do. Good. What's another place where we can find wisdom? What's that? Wise counsel. Absolutely. Uh, Again, I don't make a single, solitary, life-changing decision in my life ever without asking wise, godly men who know Jesus, love Jesus, and have walked with Jesus for decades What do you think about this situation what would you do if you were me? I don't ever do that, ever. You know why? Because I want wisdom. I'm not talking about wisdom's gonna be found from your unsafe coworker who went through a similar thing five years ago. That's not wisdom. That's the blind leading the blind. I want godly people that I look at and trust Hey, how should I proceed with this? What should I do in a scenario like this? How can I be wise? What's another place where we find it? Godly counsel, prayer, the Bible, what else? What's that? Bible preaching, man. Again, I wanna encourage you as a people to crave Bible preaching. I wanna hear the Bible taught. I get fired up about hearing Bible preaching. For me as a pastor, uh, I don't get to receive preaching on a Sunday morning, Sunday night like you guys do, so through the week, I'm listening to podcasts on preaching because I love to hear God's word taught. Good, where else can I find wisdom? It's time in the word with other believers talking through this. Hey, what did you get from that? What what would you do in this scenario? Where have you seen this played out in your life? Things along those lines. How about this? Observation. Have you ever watched somebody go through something and go, ooh, they're not handling that the right way and this is not gonna end well. And you see it not end well? That is wisdom by observing people who do it the right way and who do it the wrong way. I've seen people handle situations poorly and it burns up. I've seen people handle situations wisely and it gives God glory. And sometimes just sitting back and observing as things take place can allow you to grow in wisdom. Anybody else? What's that? Fellowship with other believers, for sure. I want to be around solid Christian friends and if you don't have solid Christian friends, you need to make some. You say, where would you find solid Christian friends at, you know? If only God had thought through like a place where believers gathered together on a regular basis for the purpose of encouraging one another and helping one another, mm, where would you find that? The local church. It's not only a place for fellowship and friendship, it's a place for family. That, this is You need time with other believers. Uh, you need it. Wisdom, we know where to find it. Now we need to go out and find it. Um, the book of Proverbs again speaks so much about Wisdom. Uh, Keep your finger here in Ecclesiastes. We're gonna come back in a sec, but uh, turn your foot over to Proverbs chapter four. Just one book before where you're at right now, Proverbs four. Proverbs chapter four, verse number five. get wisdom get understanding forget it not neither decline from the words in my mouth forsake her not and she shall preserve thee love her and she shall keep thee who's he talking about? he's talking about wisdom he personifies wisdom as a woman that you need to love her cherish her, take care of her so that she'll take care of you Verse seven, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee, and she shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give you thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver unto thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. (laughs) Again, the wisest man to ever walk the planet outside of God himself says to his boys, boys, Get wisdom and she's gonna take care of you the rest of your life. He even compares her to a woman who's gonna care for her spouse. She, she's gonna take really good care of you. And here's what verse 10 says. She's gonna prolong your life. She'll live longer if you're wise. And again, we don't necessarily know what the length of our life and how much longer it's gonna be because of wisdom, but I know this. Wisdom will improve the quality of your life. I guarantee you that. Guaranteed. And so he says, Get wisdom. Get it. Turn back to Proverbs chapter one. Proverbs chapter one, verse number two: To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, to the knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb. The words of the wise and their dark sayings, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Oh, get wisdom, you gotta have it. So make yourself a student of wisdom. I wanna be wise, I wanna grow. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people make terrible, life-changing decisions that, hey, if you had spent two minutes and asked me, I could have told you that was a really bad idea. Just two minutes, I could have told you. I've had single adults come up to me and say, Ah, oh, pastor, I'll never believe it. Such and such guy broke my heart. What, what's his name? He told me his name. Hey, I could have told you I had no business dating that guy. I could have told you it was going to end poorly. You just asked. Well, show and show. another single adult told me they thought it was a good idea. You have the blind leading the blind. Ask someone who's spiritually wise, what do you think of this person? Here's what happens often, though. People say, well, I didn't want to ask you because I knew what you'd say. Then that, you know what that is? That's a fool who despises wisdom. I don't want wisdom. I know what you're gonna say, so I didn't even bother to ask. I despise wisdom because I'm acting foolishly. And so again, I wanna be wise, I wanna get wisdom. And and, and again, you might say, well, I've made some, some poor decisions, I've made some big mistakes, good. Then get wisdom and be wise from here going forward. Be a student of wisdom. And again, you want to get wisdom. The book of Proverbs is full of it. Oh, so much good stuff in Proverbs. It's recommended sometimes you don't have a good Bible reading program. I've recommended before, read a proverb a day. There's, there's 31 of them. And you read one for every day of the month. I'm telling you this, you could read it every single month for the rest of your life and you'll never exhaust the wisdom that's found there. It's just too deep, too deep. And you'll find that the word of God is a living book that's going to speak to directly where you are today. And you'd be like, I just read this verse last month, but it means something totally different today because the word of God is alive. Oh, man, get wisdom. Turn back to uh, Ecclesiastes 2. Verse number 13, then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly as far as light excelleth darkness. So he says here that wisdom is greater than folly. I think all of us would go, Well, yeah, of course. I mean, who would think that folly is greater than wisdom? Of course it's not. Then why do we continue in folly and forsake wisdom? Why do we continue to do foolish things, act in a foolish manner, and live like a fool, yet push away wisdom and knowledge? If you know that the Bible is God's source of wisdom for you, why don't you spend more time in it? If you feel like wise counsel will help you to become wise, why do you ask unsaved knuckleheads for their advice? Of course we know this but we don't apply it. You see the wise man has his eyes and his heart enlightened with truth. The wise man, says, just as wisdom excels folly the exact same way that light is greater than darkness. The wise man sees things the way that they truly are. The wise man flips on the lights and looks at his situation in light of truth. A foolish man doesn't think those things. I can't tell you how many times people say, well, pastor, we're moving to Iowa. What's in Iowa? Land and a big house, lower taxes. Do you have a church in Iowa? Well, no, but there's churches everywhere. Be careful with that. Be careful. There are churches everywhere. There are churches everywhere but you're not just looking for a church, you're looking for a solid Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church that will walk in righteousness and holiness, has a sense of community, and an opportunity for you to grow and sharpen others. Now we've just narrowed the pool down considerably. Well, we just know that if, if the Lord wants us to have a church, we'll have a church. So the only thing you're basing your decision on is financial, yes. That's foolish. The first thing I would look at is not what are property taxes... In that city, the first thing I would look for is where is a solid Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church that I can get plugged into, learn and grow and sharpen others? First thing I would look at, very first. And you'd make your decision based on whether or not there's a solid church there? Absolutely, wouldn't you? Oh, no, because finances drive this decision, great. The Bible has a word for you, and it's called foolish. The wise man has his eyes and his heart enlightened with truth. I make every decision in my life based off of truth if I'm wise. When I'm not foolish, I allow my emotions to take over. When I'm not wise, I allow my emotions to take over. When I'm not wise, I allow my circumstances to take over. When I'm not wise, I allow human reasoning to take over. I can't tell you how many conversations I'd have with with couples who are living together in cohabitation, in sin, premarital sex, I say, guys, you can't do this. It's it's not right before God. You know that. Nine out of 10 times? Well, pastor, do you know how expensive Hawaii is? Yeah, I live here. Well, do you know how much housing is? Yeah, I do. Well, we just can't afford it to, to get our own place. So I'm gonna continue to sin because of my financial situation? Well, no, but you have to understand that. I don't understand sin. I don't. I see what the Bible commands and I say we have to live by it. Maybe you get a roommate. Oh, I just don't work very well with roommates. Hey, look, <laughs> I can't have a reason conversation with you. I want to have a truth-based conversation. God says what you're doing is just what you do with that. It's totally up to you. You got to walk in wisdom. I've talked to folks who are being um, unethical at work, and they feel justified by it because their boss isn't paying them enough or uh, nobody's noticing or everybody else in the office does this. Everybody fudges their reimbursements. Everybody takes off a little bit early. Uh, Everybody calls in sick when they're not really sick. And so, again, you're trying to use human reasoning to make a decision. You're not walking in wisdom according to the Bible. The wise man allows everything to be filtered through the truth of God's word. The Bible says that we should walk uprightly and honest. The Bible says that God will give me good things if I walk uprightly. No good thing will he withhold from them which walk uprightly. But you wanna read through the Proverbs about what the person who doesn't have integrity, what happens to them? What happens to the liar in the book of Proverbs? That's full of it. So we need to make sure that we're filtering all of our life decisions, all of our um, person through the word of God. The fool is not one who's mentally deficient, but one who's morally bankrupt. This is not a matter of they're not very smart, or that person's not really smart. No, they have chosen to go against wisdom. The fool knows what to do, but they choose not to do it. And they continue to act in a foolish manner. It's not, well, they're not very smart. I'm thankful that Hui Kala is a place where we have younger Christians. When I say younger, I'm not talking about their age. I'm talking about young in their faith. People that at our church that have been walking with Jesus for less than a year or so, less than two years, less than three years, I'm thankful for that. And sometimes we'll have a new believer who said, man, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know Christians didn't do that. I'm sorry, I didn't know. And the Bible calls that one who is simple. And the simple can be made wise just by being confronted with truth. Man, I didn't know. You're right, I wanna fix that. I wanna make it right. And they become wise That's different than the fool who knows what to do and chooses not to do it. So it's not that the the fool didn't know. It's just like, oh, I didn't know that. That That would make them simple. The fool has chosen no. It's not that I don't get it. It's that I don't want to do it. I know what the right thing is to do here. I just choose not to do it. The fool refuses to know, to fear, and to obey God. It's not that the fool can't learn wisdom. It's that he won't. It's not that the fool can't be made wise. It's that he chooses to walk in foolishness. Let me just tell you, that life's hard. It's hard to live the life of a fool because if you're a child of God, if you're saved, you're gonna continue to endure the chastisement of God again and again and again as you walk in foolishness. Again, you just need to read through the book of Proverbs and it'll tell you how the life of a fool works out. You choose to rebel against God, it won't end well for you. Just simple as that, guaranteed. But did you see what what, uh, uh, Solomon said in Proverbs? Love wisdom and she'll extend your days. Love wisdom and she's gonna care for you. She's gonna honor you. Take care of her and she'll take care of you. But the fool refuses that. Proverbs 1, seven. we just took a look at it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you don't want wisdom, it's gonna be rough for you. But if you crave wisdom, you desire wisdom, you walk in wisdom, God promises to bless you as you seek him. Take a look at verse number 16. For there's no remembrance of the wise more than the fool forever, seeing that which now is in the days and shall come all be forgotten. How dieth the wise man as the fool? You know, when you walk through a cemetery, <laughs> there's not really much indication what took place in that person's life, maybe some dates. Every now and then they'll have things on there that say like father and brother, friend. You know, sometimes they'll have, uh, where I come from in Kentucky, uh, You know, they'll have stuff like, deer antlers on their people's tombstones and stuff like that, and be like, okay, um, okay. Um, but nothing really speaks to the fact whether or not these people were wise or fools, right? I mean, when you die, you don't get a W on your tombstone for being wise, right? would that be cool? Like, ooh, wise guy over there. Uh, you see an S, and you go, mmm, scorner, that's terrible, you know? What happens? We all die. We all either get thrown in a field and buried or we get burnt and thrown our ashes somewhere, and at the end of the day, who knows whether we were wise or not? And so you look at this and you say, well, is the wisest man ever saying that it doesn't matter because we're all gonna die? He's just saying, at our death, our wisdom or foolishness won't matter, but leading up into that point, it matters a lot. And the takeaway that I get from this is that wisdom is flashy, but it's profitable. At the end of your life, nobody will know whether or not you were wise or foolish except those that you leave behind, they'll know. Nobody will know if you lived your life wisely or foolishly, but when you get to heaven, God will know. And you'll stand before him, the Bible says, give an account. It's appointed that a man wants to die, but after this, the judgment. We'll all stand before God one day and give an account of our life. And I guarantee you, at the day that you stand eyeball to eyeball with your creator, you're gonna know whether you walked in wisdom or foolishness, guaranteed. And again, for those of us that are saved, we don't fear hell, we don't fear that judgment, but the judgment seat of Christ is for believers and we'll either receive reward or we'll lose reward based on whether we lived our life in wisdom or folly. The choice is totally up to you. And I shudder at the thought of myself standing before God one day, empty-handed because I chose a life of foolishness. I, I just can't live with that. And as your pastor, I want to prepare you to one day stand before God with joy, not regret. To stand before God one day and say, I wasn't perfect, but I walked in wisdom and I prepared every single day of my life for this day. And I walked in wisdom and I'm thankful that I did. I want to help prepare you for that. And if you're walking in foolishness, there's an opportunity for you to be made wise. Proverbs 3, 13 through 15 Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, the gain thereof than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies, and the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Again, you have the wisest man and also the richest man to ever live in the history of mankind. Wisest and richest. And you know what he says? Wisdom doesn't even compare to, to money, not even close. Most expensive gold, not as good as wisdom. Finest rubies, not even comparison to wisdom. Get wisdom. I think most of us would say, I'd like a raise at my work. I'd like to make more money. I'd like to drive a nicer car. I'd like to live in a more comfortable environment. I'd like to go on a nicer vacation, something like that. But how many of us in the last 60 days have said, I really want wisdom. Man, keep all the things in this world, but give me wisdom. It's not something that we crave after, but I want to encourage you tonight to crave wisdom. Be wise, because chasing the things of this world are futile. Chasing the things of this world do not last. One of these days, everything that you own will be passed down to somebody else it's either going to be dropped off at a goodwill or thrown in the garbage. And at the end of the day, all this stuff burns anyways. So live for something greater than yourself. Live for something that's gonna last for eternity and leave something behind, wisdom. If you're a parent, you need to help your children to be wise. And if you give your children wisdom, they choose to walk in foolishness, then they've chosen to be a fool. You did everything you could to put wisdom inside of them. But don't just think your kids are gonna automatically be wise because you take them to church once a week. I'm thankful for... a. Uh, a Bible-based children's ministry, but it's not their job to put into your kid's Christian character. It's their job to build on the foundation that you've already set at home. Look, we can't change your kids in an hour and a half a week. We can just complement what they're already learning at home. And so I encourage you to not only walk in wisdom yourself, but teach wisdom to your children. When Thatcher was in high school, one of the guys that was two years older than him had a... Uh, ran off with his girlfriend, uh, who is also in the same Christian school that Thatcher had gone to, ran off with his girlfriend and they uh, left uh, California and moved to Arizona by themselves. And at the time, she was underage and he was old enough and it was a big thing and called the police and while she, was, while she was away, she turned 18, there was nothing they could do. And Thatcher goes, man, I didn't see that coming. And I said, do you think all this happened today? And he goes, well, yeah, everything happened today. No, no, no. How long do you think this has been going on? You think this happened like they got this decision last night? No. How long do you think it's been going on? He was like, well, their heart probably wasn't right even when they first started dating. Maybe. Yeah, good. Let's talk through that. Let's talk about what happens when our heart starts headed the wrong direction and somebody's not there to bring it back. And so I want to talk with my kids about things that they see, things that they observe so that they can be wise from this. Because there were other kids who we went to school with go, oh, good for him. Moved out of town with his girl, got to do his own thing, get their own place. That's awesome. No, you're a fool. You're a fool. And so, again, it comes back to walking in wisdom. And here's the awesome part of that story. This Both of these kids had parents that loved them fiercely and prayed for them relentlessly. And they ended up coming back. They ended up getting married. They ended up making things right with God. I, I saw this guy who was back in California in, in November, and I saw him. I said, hey, man, how you been? He said, good. He said, I hit a rough patch as a teenager. He said, but God brought me back to him. And he says, we're just thankful to be here at the church and serving. they have got a, a kid now and, and got their kids in church and stuff like that. And I thought, man, he made it. Why? Because he realized the foolishness of his ways. And he said, I just want to be wise. I just want to do the right thing. And he came back around to wisdom. And God restored that. God redeemed that. And I say that to say, regardless of how foolish you've been in the future, there's nothing to keep you from being wise, but you have to choose to live in wisdom and walk in wisdom and to seek wisdom. Both the wise man and the fool will die, but the wise man will invest his days in that which has lasting value. <laughs> if you're taking notes, I know that's a long sentence, but I'll give you a second to write it down. But here's the thing. Everybody dies one day, and we could say, oh, just enjoy life. You know, we're all gonna die one day. No, invest your life in something that matters. That determines wisdom versus folly. Hey, I realize my time here on earth is short. Life expectancy for a U.S. male is 76 years old. I'm halfway dead. Just tell the truth, I'm halfway dead. Here's the fact of the matter, though. I might not make it to next Sunday. You know what that means? i got to make sure I'm walking in wisdom this week. I don't have time left. I don't have time left for foolishness. I don't have time left for folly. I don't have time left to go against wisdom. My time's short, and i got to make it count. And you might be sitting here tonight going, Whoa, I'm 20 years old. i got plenty of time. No, your time is just as short as mine, if not shorter. Who knows? Walk in wisdom. Do the right thing. One of the men of our church last year passed away unexpectedly, 28 years old, hit by a car. He died like that. But you know what had been happening in his life the nine months leading up to that? Walking in wisdom, seeking wisdom. He had a man in our church that had been pouring his life into this young man. And the texts that he was getting from this guy were questions like, how can I be a better man of God? What does it mean to be faithful to Jesus? What are some things you see in my life that would keep me from being right with God? I look at that and I go, that's a guy whose time on this earth was very short, but he just wanted to grab as much wisdom as he could. And you might say, wow, what good was it? It left a mark on our church and the people of our church, and it left a pattern for you and I to follow. Wisdom. The wise man chooses to invest his life in something that matters. Five final thoughts, and we're done here tonight. We'll cruise through these really quickly. First, I want to challenge you with this. Become a seeker of wisdom. I want to know wisdom. I want to get it from everywhere that I can. You should be regularly spending one-on-one time with people you consider to be wise. And you need to ask a lot of questions. Hey, what would you say is one of the most impactful things that brought you to where you are in your life today? What would you say are some things that brought you through some difficult times of walking with the Lord? What have been the key to, to you and your wife making it as far as you have with joy? What would you do differently in raising your kids if you had it all to do over again? I'm talking about wisdom, seeking wisdom. You need to be in God's word every single day. And when you read stuff that you think is maybe just historical in context, look for wisdom there. I read through the book of Ezra a few weeks ago. and I thought, oh my goodness, so much wisdom in Ezra. You go, I thought it was just a story. No, it's not just a story. Nothing in the Bible is just a story. God's always teaching something through his word, always. Read it and say, God, what are you trying to get get me from this? What do I need to know from this? Be a seeker of wisdom. Next, surround yourself with wise people. Let me just tell you this. If you find yourself in the company of foolish people, get out. Run. Find new friends. Because foolishness is contagious, but wisdom is too. Somebody should like post that on the internet. I don't even, I don't even need to be attributed on that. But uh, seriously, foolishness is contagious, but also is wisdom. Again, the more wise people I surround myself with, I'm gonna become wise. The more fools I surround myself, the more foolish I'm gonna become. And so I wanna surround myself with wise people Hmm, imagine if God created a place where people could surround themselves with other people who were also seeking to be wise. Yeah, imagine that. He did it, it's called the church. And again, we're not all perfect and we're not all completely wise. But hopefully we're all heading the same direction together and we can learn from one another and we can grow together in wisdom. But surround yourself with wise people. Next, seek out wise counsel. Again, if you're asking me, if you should put carpet or laminate flooring in your house, I really don't care. I don't. Um, you know, laminate's easier to clean if you spill something on, but at the end of the day, I really don't care. If you're thinking about taking a job that would cause you to be around family less, but the pay's a little bit more, I got some wisdom I could share with you on that. <clears throat> I had a man a couple weeks ago say, hey, I've got this job opportunity I'm going to be making considerably more on a monthly basis, but it's going to take me away from my family a lot. And I said, Do you think your family's strong enough to endure times of you being away for an extended period of time? And he says, I don't think so. Okay, I think that answers the question. He goes, Which part? (laughs) What? (laughs) Did you miss that? You missed it. You totally missed it. Good. You know what? That was him being simple. Let me help you become wise. What are your priorities? Oh, faith and family are my number one priorities. Okay, so if money is going to take you away from faith and family, would you be willing to do it? Well, no, of course not. But you just got through saying that you didn't know what to do. Oh, I got it. So what you're saying is my priorities shape my decisions. Absolutely. And your priorities aren't what you say they are. Your priorities are what you do. Oh, faith and family are my priorities, but I'm gonna take a job that has me away from my family for an extended period of time when my family's in a currently fragile state. (laughs) That's not wise, and that's not your priorities. So again, I want to ask wise counsel for things that have ramifications, things that have impact in my life. Seek out wisdom. Next, pray for wisdom. Here's a great promise from God's word. Great. If any man lack wisdom, Let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. You want wisdom? Ask for it. God says he'll give it to you. And he's not gonna give it to you just a little bit. He's gonna give it to you liberally. (laughs) If you ever gone to Panda Express and you say, I'll have the orange chicken and they just like take that scoop and just keep loading it on there and you're like, yes, yes liberally have you ever had this happen before this happened to me like twice and both times I almost lost my mind where they scoop it on there and then they look at it like that's too much and they scoop some off and put it back this happened to me twice and i was just like you can't do that that's just terrible that has nothing to do oh no it does it has an application god gives liberally and he doesn't take any of it back how about that for application right liberally you want wisdom great he's gonna load you up and here's the, the second part of the verse give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not upbraid is not a word that we use in our vernacular today you know what it means it means to scold god doesn't say to you you idiot you're always asking for wisdom he goes no you want wisdom great let me load you up you want more yeah. give me as much as you can handle take it and you come back tomorrow and you say god i just need wisdom yeah, yeah. pass it over let me load it up wisdom You got it. You see, you and I, when somebody comes to us day after day asking for the same thing, we're like, come on, man, get it together, right? God doesn't scold you. He says, great, let me give you some more wisdom. So pray for wisdom if you need it, ask for it. For me, on my daily prayer list, the first person I pray for is me. You go, well, that's selfish. No, it's not, because I need to be able to help other people, and if I'm not good, I can't help others. Kind of like on the airplane, they say, put your mask on first before you help people around you. You gotta make sure that you're still alive to be able to help other people. So the first person I pray for is me. You know what the number one thing on my prayer list is? Number one, wisdom. Every day of the world, like clockwork. Hey, God, it's me again. You know, wisdom. Number one. God, I need wisdom. I need wisdom as a dad. I need wisdom as a husband. I need, I need wisdom as a friend. I need wisdom as a pastor. I need wisdom as a child of God. I need wisdom. I need to be a wise counselor to the people around me that consider me a friend. I need wisdom. God, would you give it to me? Number one, every single day, like clockwork. But here's the last thing. With all your getting of wisdom, you have to apply it. Walk in wisdom. Again, if you know what to do and you choose not to, you're not wise. You're a fool. So it's not enough to surround yourself with wise people. It's not enough to ask for wisdom. It's not enough to seek out wisdom. It's not enough to become a student of wisdom if you're not going to actually do wise stuff. You just got to do it. That's what determines wise or fool. There's value in being wise. You might have said, Pastor, I've been walking in foolishness. Good. There's hope for you. Be wise. You might say, pastor, I'm really the simple person. I don't even know what I don't know. This whole Christian life thing's new for me. Great. When you're confronted with truth, just obey every time and you'll automatically become wise. Angel and I, when we first started walking with Jesus almost 20 years ago, we didn't have a clue as to what we were doing. Simple as simple gets. I mean, we didn't know nothing about Nothing but we made a decision almost 20 years ago. We said this, God, whatever you tell us to do, we're just going to do it. We're not going to fight, complain. You're the boss. You are Lord. Whatever you say, we're going to do it. And I'm telling you this. There's been times where that was really easy to follow. And there were times where it was incredibly difficult to follow, but every single time the fruit that came from it was always good, always. And you know what we've done? We've grown a lot in wisdom, and we've applied it. Have we batted a 1,000? No way. There have been times where I have thought to myself, I know what the wise thing is to do here, I just don't want to do it. And I haven't. And 100% of the time, it comes back to bite me. Every single time. Because you can't outrun foolishness. You just can't. But Solomon says, you can't put a price tag on wisdom either. You just can't. It's the best thing in the world. Get it, get lots of it. Maybe tonight there's sin in your life that you're not willing to make right. Don't be foolish any longer. Don't be foolish. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, I really feel like I'm walking in wisdom. Great, become more wise. Continue to seek wisdom. Continue to walk in wisdom. Continue to surround yourself by wi- with wise people. I'm thankful for men in this church that when guys come to me and say, hey, pastor, I'm struggling with X, Y, or Z, I say, hey, here's three guys you need to talk to. These are wise, godly men. There's a guy who's struggling, who had been living an incredibly foolish life, who came to me several weeks ago, and he says, Pastor, I'm struggling. I said, Good. Glad you came to me for help. I'm going to help you as much as I can. I said, here's another man in our church that I would trust with my own life. I'm going to have him come alongside you and help you to walk in wisdom. And he said, Thank you. I'm thankful for men like that in our church. And you say, Well, who are those guys? Let me know if you need somebody to walk in wisdom with you. Let me know. I'll, I'll partner you up with somebody. Accountability. If you say, I need any more wise friends, I'll, I'll give you wise friends that you can make. Some of our single guys sometimes they're struggling. I say, hey, here's three guys. I want you to call and set up time to go out to lunch with them or grab coffee with them. Walking in wisdom. We never outgrow wisdom. We never outgrow the need for wise, godly friends. But let's be lovers of wisdom, lovers of truth this week. Thanks for joining us for the Hui Kala Baptist Church podcast. We'd love to have you as our guest this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You'll find exciting classes for your keiki, a welcoming church family, and a message from the Bible that's sure to encourage your heart. Join us this Sunday. You belong here.